Welcome everybody to another episode. Man, am I tripping? Shit's still fucked up out here. No sports at all. I'm sick. This shit is just sickening, man. I I say this on the last part. I'm gonna say it again. Whoever put this goddamn virus out there, we need to find that son of a bitch and goddamn it, put one dead in his ass. You dirty motherfucker. He fucked up everything. This motherfucker don't fucked up everything. And it was some old sick motherfucker. Ain't no doubt about that. Ain't no goddamn bat. Bat your ass. Bat's been around here forever. Now all of a sudden, bat's got a disease that's killing everybody. The fuck out of here. You motherfuckers is sick with it. And once again, y'all found the way to put everybody in jeopardy. Oh, well, you know, God bless everybody listening to this podcast, you and your family. Pray everybody's safe. You know, let's get off that shit, though. Uh, man, I'm, you know, I got a couple things that I like touch on. I've been hearing a lot of simple-ass shit. I mean, some of the simplest shit. From today, I was hearing where guys was comparing the, uh, some of the most dominant teams or whatever and don't get me wrong it's hard I mean if you want to discredit you know Bill Russell's era where they went to 11 I mean 12 championship games and won 11 where there was no more than maybe 10 teams okay you want to play that old fuck game oh well but he still had big uh motherfucking goddamn it uh 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 Will Chamberlain in the goddamn league and Wilt was averaging 50s. So it wasn't like he, there wasn't no motherfucker that couldn't take him down or take that team down. It was a lot of teams aiming at that team. You know what I'm saying? And everybody was throwing money at the best players. So, you know, I think I've always thought that that was bogus. I still think the Celtics run uh, 11 and 12. I don't give a fuck how it was done. It was done. And it ain't been it ain't been done again, so so be that. Uh, but now everybody was fighting hard. I've been hearing a lot of people fighting hard for the Bulls run, and I'm like, I, how? How? I mean, Ma- Magic's and uh and the Lakers they went to the uh to the championship game. Goddamn what? Nine times in twelve years, and. On the year that Michael and them catch them, they all broke the fuck up, broke down. Anybody that's looking at LeBron and wondering how in the fuck is he playing in so many straight championship games and deep into the finals, how is he doing that every single year? Now, imagine that damn near 30 years later. 20 years later because that was that's the same case you got with kareem with magic with coop with motherfucking big game james with Barnes scott with motherfucking this is what you had in the lakers at that time man they whole starting five had paid so many goddamn basketball games for so long that about time that they got to that championship game against the Bulls in 91. 
I didn't nobody even see how they even got there. You know, just flat out. I mean, you know, anybody that was watching basketball then was like, damn. I mean, you had to, you was happy as fuck to see that Magic was able to, you know what I'm saying, get uh, get the Lakers there. You know what I'm saying? But it was over with. Kareem was done. They playing with Divock. They playing with Vladi Divock. You know, he a rookie. You know, I mean, it, it, just magic, magic, goddamn, playing with the fucked up, uh, 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 hamstring, hamstring hanging. You know, and don't get me wrong, that Bulls team was raw. I, I'm not about to sit up here and act like I'm gonna sit on that Bulls team, cause far as watching basketball, that's seventy two and ten. Team, it's the coldest team I ever seen, man. As far as all 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 aspects of the game, all aspects of the game, all aspects of the game, man. These niggas literally picked up full court, man. And I'm talking about Michael Jordan. I'm talking about Scottie Pippen. And I'm talking about full court without motherfucking fouling, or or, or had the respect of the whistle where even if they was fouling, cause them niggas was. But they was getting away with it because the referees respected they all out assault and they all out hustle on both ends of the court. Now, as much as I love LeBron, and I do believe LeBron is the better of the two ball players as far as overall game, Mike's the best winner. There's not been a better winner in, in the last 40 years, 50 years than like Michael Jordan. Ain't no doubt about that. But as far as the overall skill level... It's, it's LeBron all day, man. I mean, if you just look at the old games, uh, Michael Jordan's old games, Michael Jordan don't even didn't even attempt to get rebounds that LeBron would would get on. You know what I'm saying? And that triangle uh, set that they played in didn't demand that no one person had the ball. So yeah, Mike would get in his three or four, or you know what I'm saying, maybe five assists or whatever. But that's playing throughout the system. He wasn't the dominant ball handler as LeBron is. You know what I'm saying? So overall game, I got to go with the kid, man. But over, I mean, far as the best winner, the best winner I've seen, the best team that I've seen, the 72 and 10 team. But do I think that team, is, as far as legacy-wise, has a deeper or better legacy than the motherfucking goddamn Lakers or the Celtics? Nah. Nah, I ain't going there. I ain't going there at all. I don't see that at all. I don't see that at all, man. Just because the teams that the Lakers had to go through, man, every year the Lakers came through that, man, they had to go up against Uncle Mo. That For all you youngsters, that's Moses Malone, three-time MVP of the league, dominator, you know what I'm saying, you know, the man, the best big man, you know what I'm saying, right behind, maybe behind Kareem, but him and Kareem was fighting for that for so many years, you know, that you had to, you you know, had to pretty much take your pick on who you was riding with type shit, you know, because Uncle Mo was a bad motherfucker. You got Uncle Mo, you got Mo Cheeks, and when Mo Cheeks retired, he was the top man in the sis. They had motherfucking backup like Caldwell Jones, an old warrior, 
and nigga, they had to dock. And they had to dock where he wasn't in his prime like he was when he was with the New Jersey Nets or whatever. But nigga, he still was the dock. And I mean, he was the dock. You know what I'm saying? And for all you young motherfuckers who really don't, you know, just maybe catching up with the game for the last maybe 20 years, maybe 30 years, y'all ain't never seen Dr. J play. I grew up, the the ball, when I was growing up, the ball, the basketball that you had was the red, white, and blue ball. It represented the ABA. And what was the number one thing in the ABA at that time was the dot. They hadn't even swung to the NBA yet. And when they swung to the NBA, nigga, it was the doc when he took off from the free throw line that elevated all, all of fucking the NBA far as when it came down to the dunk contest. You know what I'm saying? So anybody that grew up in my era, we already know, nigga, it ain't nothing like Dr. J. Nothing like Doc. Excuse me. Excuse me. It ain't nothing like the doc. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, when I was listening to these guys, you know, make their little, you know, little comments or whatever about how they felt about these uh, championship teams from back in the air. You know, I don't see, I don't see how you can compare any of those teams to that to that Sixers team. And that wasn't even the team that the Lakers really had to deal with. The team that the Lakers really had to deal with was the Celtics. The big three. You know? Yeah, the big three. They were, you know, that Celtics, I mean, dynasty, man, I mean, was just dominant. I mean, they had guys that you don't even think of, but were always, I mean, Dennis Johnson was already damn borderline a Hall of Famer, already considered a great, the best defensive guard, and the finals MVP before he even got to the Celtics. The Celtics had motherfucking cornbread Maxwell, another dominant guy. They had motherfucking goddamn a guy that did that for all you young cats who ain't even hip to this. I'm about to work, I'm about to hit to turn y'all on to some shit. On the next episode. There was a guy. That was in the league that was so motherfucking cold for you young motherfuckers. And what he on did something that ain't none, nobody been able to touch yet. And he was probably one of the smallest motherfuckers in this league. His name was Nate Tiny Archibald. This nigga led the league in scoring and assists in the same year. And ain't nobody been able to touch that. Nobody at all. So I'm just telling you, man, those, those was type of the thing. That ain't counting Robert Parrish. That ain't counting Kevin McHale. It ain't counting the wizardry of Casey Jones over there. That ain't counting that you bring in one of the, you know, better, you know, collegiate ball players in Danny Ains when he get there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's Celtics team, man. And you can't beat them motherfuckers in Boston because they cut the heat up so goddamn high. Man, I'm telling you, man, the motherfuckers used to cheat. For everybody that, you know, for the, the, the people that hate the Patriots the way they do on football, that's the way that people outside of Boston hated the Celtics. Man, everybody knew that the Celtics was always putting some shit in the game when you had to go to play in Boston. Did nobody want to fucking play in Boston? Nobody. That goddamn stadium was a fucking barn 
when it was compared to as far as how hot it was, it was miserable. Did nobody want to fuck with Boston, man? So those Laker teams, man, they had to go. I mean, even when they got cracked before not even getting to the finals, man, they lost to goddamn Ralph Sampson and Akeem Olajuwon. Both Sampson was seven foot four. And if Ralph Sampson don't fuck up his knee, Ralph Sampson go down as one of the best big men ever to play in the NBA. And that Houston Rockets team was his team. Was his team. And they had old man Reed on the team. Man, that Rockets team was raw, man. And they cracked the Lakers. I told you Uncle Moe's team, uh, and the, uh, as far as the Rockets, they cracked uh, the Lakers. So the Lakers did come up short a couple times in their little dynasty run. But, man, so look at the guys that put them out, the teams that beat them. And no disrespect, but Gary Payton, Sean Kemp, and Seattle, that, that ain't it. Charles Barkley, Kevin Johnson, Dan Marley, that ain't it. Uh, Clyde Drexler, Buck Williams, uh, 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 Terry Porter. You know, that ain't it. Uh, John Stockton, Carl Malone, Brian Russell, you know, that ain't it. So those are the teams that Mike had to go through to get his championships. And I will say this. Michael Jordan do got six championships, but I believe that Michael Jordan might have left two championships out with the two times that he retired. Because each time he, he, he had plenty of gas left in the tank. When he uh, called himself walking away. I believe he could probably get a championship out of uh, both of them. I think he uh, had a, maybe a combined of maybe, uh, maybe three or four, uh, maybe three and a half years before he actually resurfaced with the Wizards. And he was an old pop belly then. Looked like that nigga had been out drinking beer and shit for, you know, all night. He, he wasn't the same Jordan, you know. But he still at 40 was still putting up 20. You know, serving the young boys. Jerry Stackhouse said he hated playing with Michael Jordan. You know, but he went to North Carolina and he grew up idolizing Michael Jordan. It was just different when Michael Jordan get on the team and you know you better than him. It ain't the same. You ain't. It ain't the same love affair, especially when everything going through him and you know shit should be going through you. So I felt Stack a little bit on that. You know what I'm saying? And I remember how it went. You know what I'm saying? Rip Hamilton didn't like fucking with Michael Jordan either at that time. Rip was on the team too. You know? I'm just saying, man. You know, it's just, it's funny how guys, you know, want to maybe poo-poo some of the things that, that happened back in those days, man. You know, for what you might be seeing now. And that's that might be the one good thing with this coronavirus out here. You, some of you young cats, man, y'all gonna be forced to look at some of the tape, man, that's uh at some real basketball back in the days, man, when guys actually cared, man. You know, everything wasn't a three-point shot, and guys actually got fouled. Guys actually got picked up and got checked. You know, guys were, you know, it wasn't everybody had a hand in their face with challenging shots, you know. Getting money under the boards was a grind. You know, all big men had good moves. You didn't have these old, you know, big guys that you got right now that if they ain't shooting threes, they ain't worth a fuck. It ain't none of that. 
Yeah, y'all wouldn't know what to do if y'all seen a real skilled big man right now. Y'all in love with Joker, Jokic. You know what I'm saying? He by far probably the best skilled big man in the league right now. And I'm telling you, he ain't he ain't sick compared to what I've seen for. He ain't even Sam Perkins. He ain't even Sam Perkins. You know, and Sam Perkins is like super super looper down on the list as far as big men. But I'm just talking about big men that can shoot, that can pass, and can score in the post. And bang with you in the post. So, I just say that to say, you know, I know the youngsters, you know what I'm saying, uh, sick, like me, mad in the motherfucker, wishing that we can goddamn it, you know, watch some games or something, but shit kind of fucked up for us right now. So, you know, take some time out, look at some of the OGs, man. And, uh, you know, enjoy some of this shit and how it go. Another thing I want to touch on, uh, on the same level, man, is uh, the college sports, man. These these simple motherfuckers was running around here saying, these motherfuckers was running around here saying that Michael Jordan was the best collegiate basketball player in his three years at North Carolina of all time. Any motherfucker out there that's listening to my voice right now that made that dumbass comment, you need to go smack yourself, homie. You need to go smack yourself, and you need to sit down in front of the YouTube for Saturday and Sunday. And I tell you what, you watch watch Lynn Bias, who played in the same division as Michael Jordan at the same time as Michael Jordan, who was named ACC Player of the Year more than Michael Jordan and the National Player of the Year and went number one in the draft to went to Maryland. He had a better career than Michael Jordan. I'll give you two guys that play on two teams of guys that had a better career than Michael Jordan. Stacy Augman and Larry Johnson. Stacy Augman and Larry Johnson's UNLV Rebels went 30 and 0 one year and then the next year they went 30 and 1 and won a championship. Michael Jordan only won one championship. They went 60 and one in two years. In two years. There's no way you, that you anybody could think that that's not better than what Michael Jordan's Tar Heels team were able to do. <laughs> and then I'm gonna give you another name. And, and just a random name, you know, but a, a name that I just don't understand how anybody could wake up in the morning, call themselves a college fan, or even know anything about college basketball, and not know that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar went to three. They, Kareem couldn't even play as a freshman. They had a rule in college where freshmen couldn't play basketball when Kareem got there. <clears throat> the next three years, he went to the championship game. He was named the best player in the, I mean, the number one MVP of the uh, tournament and he was all big, I mean, he was all first team in all areas and and I think two of those years he was the best player in the other year of all college teams. Kareem's legacy I mean, and, and what he did in college basketball is by far Kareem couldn't even dunk. They, they, they took out the dunk. Kareem couldn't even dunk and he was dunking like left and right, they they would not. They wouldn't even allow. He wouldn't even allow to dunk. 
and he still was averaging 40s and 30s. You know what I'm saying? MVP of the whole tournament. So, and and, and, and just, just, you know, just to throw this in there, just to let you know that I ain't tripping. Right after Kareem came Bill Walton. Bill Walton had a better career than Michael Jordan. Bill Walton also went to three straight championship games where they won two national champions. And he was two-time player of the year. For a UCLA team, at one time won 57 straight games in a row. So when ESPN came up with that, man, I was like, come on, guys. You know, I, I, I like Michael Jordan, too. You know, I, I ain't got nothing against Michael Jordan. He bad, man. Don't get me wrong. I hate Michael Jordan. For anybody that know me, know me from the heart, know that I lived through the Michael Jordan era. I told my girl the other day, Michael Jordan was the very first motherfucker. Now, I didn't tell my girl, let me scratch that, I told my son. Michael Jordan the very first motherfucker that ever made me cry watching an athletic sporting event. When he hit that shot on Georgetown, I grew up watching Big East basketball. Big East basketball used to come on USA right when cable had first started. We got cable in 79, man. I'm telling you, man, in 82, man, the Big East is the shit. Patrick Ewan is the freshman of the year. He is the, I mean, the Georgetown Hoyas. I mean, you would thought, people actually thought Georgetown was a black university, was a black college. Georgetown is a white college. I'm damn near a white school, and it's for doctors and lawyers. But the whole team was black, and they all had Nikes on. And they had a bulldog on their on logo. The Hoyas was the shit, man. Especially inner city-wise, man. If you lived in the, in, in the inner city, you was fucking with Patrick Ewing and them Hoyas, man. And that motherfucker, Michael Jordan, hit that goddamn shot, man. He hit that shot, man. That motherfucker hit that shot, man. And I, I started to cry, man. He, I broke out in tears, man. Michael Jordan's motherfucking ass made me cry, man, when he hit that goddamn shot, man. So then, when he get to the league, of course, I'm a New York Knicks fan. This motherfucker go to the Bulls. The Bulls ain't, man, the Bulls wasn't shit. Bulls wasn't shit. I mean, the Knicks wasn't that much greater before we get Patrick. But I'm just saying, the Bulls wasn't shit. You know what I'm saying? We get in, Patrick get into the league. By 87, we're a grown-ass team. We the Knicks. We the bad boys. You know what I'm saying? And we we learning we learning how to win games. We not even paying Chicago no attention. We learning how to win our games by the way that the Pistons play and the way that Boston play. They play physical up front. They bump Patrick around. They made our guard made it tough on the guards. It was just you know a hard way to get around. We even had old ass month uh John Car I mean Bill Cartwright at that time. All right, so. So, at this time, we finishing up watching this, how this going to turn out uh, for us, us developing our game to get ready to take on these goddamn uh, Celtics. We ain't thinking about motherfucking goddamn it, uh, the Bulls. And I'll be damned. I'll be damned. We fucked around and these motherfuckers fucked around. Because, I mean, everybody was beating them up. 
when you know Michael Jordan was still getting his 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 thirties and forties, you know he 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 was putting it on everybody. Michael Jordan was goddamn James Harden before James Harden. He was <clears throat> your boy. He was especially Westbrook. He was Westbrook with a with a much more finesse game where he could stop on a dime and pull up that mid range jump shot, and it was so sweet. But he. He was the most athletic motherfucker in the league at the time, so he dunking on everybody left and right. You know what I'm saying? Him and motherfucking Spike Lee on, on made the commercial and shit. It's the shoe, and now they got the Jordans, goddammit, you know, with the with the uh, heavenly wings on it and all this old shit. So he the man, but we don't give a fuck about that. We the Knicks, and we goddammit know that we're tougher than the Bulls. That was our whole thing. Michael's better than everybody on our team. But we are, as a team, is tougher than their team. And every night, that's how we would go out. And that was our approach to playing Chicago. That was everybody's approach to playing Chicago. And for that first couple years, that approach was, was way too heavy for Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen couldn't do nothing with that shit. The shit was just like more or less just killing him. All that shit changed in 1990, man. 90, that motherfucker Scottie Pippen grew up. He grew up. And I mean, his, his numbers all across the board shot up. He he started going to the motherfucker whole dunking and growling, biting his lip and shit. Before then, you got to remember, Scottie Pippen from a small black college, Arkansas State. You know, so, and... And that's another thing we're going to talk about on one of my pods before it is how the NBA, you know what I'm saying, fuck the black, the small black colleges. You know what I'm saying? But I ain't going to even go. I'm not even going to give y'all no more than just what I, that right there. That's a teaser. But I'm telling you, I got a big boy spill on that. It's going to fuck you up if you really sit down, and listen and think about what I'm about, what I say on that. Anyway, so Scottie Pippen grow up, man. And uh, in 90, man. 90, Scotty grown motherfucker by, uh, in 90, man. Now, he fucked around and uh, uh, couldn't play in the, one of the fi uh, final playoff games or whatever. He's squaring up that he had a migraine or whatever. And I think that was the last hope check that Michael Jordan was going to allow Scotty to goddamn cash. Because after that, man, I mean, because, you know, at that time, Michael Jordan seen it. He seen it. He had been taking his ass whooping from the Pistons. Taking his ass whooping from the Celtics. You know what I'm saying? The Sixers, you know what I'm saying? I mean, where well, the Knicks would throw their thing in. You know what I'm saying? And then you still got other teams that wasn't good enough, but they still was irritants like the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Atlanta Hawks and shit like that, you know? So he seen, he had he, he was one step away from goddamn, you know, clearing all the hurdles. And to clear all the hurdles he needed, that motherfucker Scottie Pippen, goddamn it, you know, to play through anything and everything. And in 91, that motherfucker cut the lights on and he did just that. And Scottie Pippen, man, became a legitimate all-star, a legitimate threat, a legitimate, oh shit, this motherfucker finally got some help type shit for Michael Jordan. It was then, man. Because before then, man, motherfuckers goddamn it could live with the fact that Jordan wasn't going to do what Jordan did. That wasn't never enough to beat a team. One man can't beat a team. Two men can't beat a team. But, man, Scotty had already played hell of a defense. 
But man, when his goddamn confidence game, when his confidence game struck up, and you can tell Michael Jordan had constantly been working with him with that mid-range pull-up jump shot, where now every time he pulled that motherfucker up, it was damn near money. Oh man, Scotty Pippen, man, <clears throat> Scotty Pippen, man, he 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 was the difference in that Bulls team, man, because up until that point, you knew what you was getting in Jordan. That was never that wasn't never good enough. It was when dude grew the fuck up. It became way too much. And, you know, the motherfuckers fucked around. I still blame Charles Smith, man. I, we had the ass on the ropes, I think, in 93. 93, we up two games to none. You know, uh, go, go, uh, go in. We got, had the home court advantage. Finally had the home court. Knicks go up two games to nothing. I always say that, you know, for anybody that think I'm tripping... This is the guy. This is the time when Michael Jordan go to Atlantic City, and uh, motherfucking uh, reporter catching goddamn coming out the goddamn casino, and he reported, and and Michael Jordan goddamn it or whoever his peoples is or whatever, told that motherfucker, goddamn it, you didn't see me, or whatever the fuck. However, he denied it, but he denied that shit. But any motherfucking everybody and their mama knew that that, you know, it, just at that time, that was Michael Jordan's persona. He a gambling motherfucker. He he liked to get it on. So it wasn't no doubt that if he was there getting it on. The nigga was there getting it on. Dude on goddamn it snitched him out. But this ain't the time, where, you know, where he hit, hit the tweets and all that shit. And, and now you got a thousand other motherfuckers know. He was the only motherfucker knew at that time. They was able to put that full court press on his motherfucking ass. And... Whenever, whenever Michael goddamn came out and rebuted, you know I mean, uh, disputed like, nah, that ain't what the fuck happened. He don't know what the fuck he seen, or it wasn't me, you know, some of that shaggy. It wasn't me, you know. Uh, dude didn't have enough nuts and enough clout to goddamn it, you know, stand on his word on that shit, and that that shit kind of died down. All I know is this: that motherfucker Michael Jordan paid them goddamn referees because the next four games, man, we couldn't touch this motherfucker, man. And what make it so bad, we had a chance to really put it on the ass. Do you know this motherfucker went three for 18 in game three? He went he went three of 18 in game three. If we beat them motherfuckers that game, if we beat them, we got Michael Jordan at home in the playoffs, in the Eastern Conference Finals, at home, he went three of 18. Y'all remember I said that motherfucker Scotty Pippen grew up, right? The motherfuckers beat us by 20 plus, man. They beat us by 20 plus, man, with Michael Jordan not doing a goddamn thing. Not doing a goddamn thing. And shit, you already know what it was, game four and five. Shit. I mean, he put it in our life. He took it, he, he, he came back and took it. You know, and I, I, I mean, I, that hurted me as a Knicks fan because it, it, it was never right for us that we could never beat Michael Jordan. It, that, that, that's the one sorry note as a real Knicks fan. That's the one thing we was always in his face, always in his face, growling. You know what I'm saying? He always felt to see, always knew he was there. You know, New York, Chicago, always one and two. 
or one, two, and three in the goddamn Eastern Conference as far as the uh, final rank uh, uh, st uh, standings. They always felt us, but we could never get over the goddamn hump. So, I was, that's just my Michael Jordan spew. I know I was on some other shit. I forgot that little shit. But, yeah, Michael Jordan, he wasn't the best college basketball player I ever seen. It was a lot of other guys that I've seen that played college basketball or played with a team that were <laughs> as good, if not better, than Michael Jordan. And their record and their numbers speak for itself. Uh, I'm going to end this up, man, with the, you know, everybody talking to Tom Brady shit, him and the Belichick shit. Got to touch on that a little bit. I know I don't say it a lot, but shit, it's the corona season. This shit, might as well say it again. Uh, I think Belichick got a lot on the line, man. I really do. Uh, and I'm going to just break and look at it in two different ways. In two different ways surrounded around the quarterback position. One of the ways is this. You, you guys went 12-4 and four with Tom Brady. I don't think just to them Tom Brady. I don't. But I believe in Bel Belichick and the coaches that he got over there enough that I won't disrespect their coach. So, <laughs> without Tom Brady, I see them going no less than 10 and 6. And that could maybe justify to some fans, and it's not going to really justify to the fans that's used to going to the Super Bowl or going to at least to their finals, AFC uh, finals. They really ain't going to really understand it. But to some of the more realistic thinking fans, if he ever to go 10 and 6, they'd be like, okay, Stidham was able to win 10 games in his first four seasons at quarterback, first four run without time. Bill proved that he got them, you know, he ain't lost his mojo as far as his coaching. And going into that 21, 20, uh, that 21 season, you will have a lot more higher hopes for the Patriots. That's one way to look at it. <clears throat> Another way to look at it is this. Last time they played, uh, they didn't have Tom Brady for a full season. They was able to go 11-5. Well, it wasn't even a full, uh, yeah, it was 11 full season, 11-5 with Matt Castle. And even though they didn't make it to the playoffs, that was 11-5 team. So he was able to prove that at that time that with Matt Castle, and the way that he had already had a strong enough system that they could supplement, you know, not having time. I'm saying all that to say this. There is no real New England Patriot fan that I know going, is not going to win, want to hear any of this shit if this motherfucker Stidham and Belichick don't win more than nine games. I mean, 10 games. Because if they win nine games, eight games, seven games, six games, the first thing real Patriot fans is thinking, oh, shit, this what the fuck we look like before we got Brady. And Belichick was at full ham. 
This wasn't a team that had already had the Tom Brady experience that and the culture had been developed. Nah, this looked more like the shit that Bill had to start and create. And I'm wondering, and I would be wondering as a fan, if you knew that it was going to have to t take this many steps back, why didn't we goddamn keep our quarterback and goddamn start really rebuilding in the draft? Because we got so many picks that we can work through already in the draft. And let's start by not letting Stefan Diggs or uh, the other boy, uh, uh, Newt Hopkins, how do the Patriots let those guys get to any other team besides New England to play with the Brady? And you run a 12 and 14 tap back, and y'all guys are coming in as the favorite for the Super Bowl. So if this shit don't work, you looking at motherfucker, you sacrifice a Super Bowl team to goddamn to pull out your dick. Cause this all this is uh, him just pulling his dick out. I can do this. Can't nobody I fuck this when they all come down to it. Have faith in me, not in time. Okay now. Okay now. If that's what it is, that's what it is. And I just I'm telling you, if this shit don't jump, like Belichick won't, and they don't get sunshine, that boy Trevor Lawrence or some motherfucker like that. And it's next year's draft. I don't even think he's going to even try to get a quarterback this year. And if he get one, he ain't going to throw him straight into the goddamn far so he can get better. Because that ain't the Patriot way. That old bullshit. If, if the Patriots had two back-to-back -back, two bad seasons, man, motherfuckers going to be wanting goddamn with your boy Belichick up out of there. I guarantee it. And if... Any one of those two uh, seasons, Tom Brady get the motherfucking Buccaneers to the NFC Championship game. Not saying the Super Bowl. If he get them to the championship game in any of these next two years, and the Patriots is a guy losing uh, records the next two years, where they not even 10 and 6, Belichick out of there year three. Belichick out of there year three. 2022. If they have a season this year, this will be the 20 season. And that, that next year will be 2021. No, that 2022 season, not 23, 2022. Belichick will up out of there. Either because he won't to or motherfucking Robert Kraft going to be like, it's time to give it to Josh McDaniel because what the fuck Josh over there for? What would be, what would be the reason to keep on holding on to Josh McDaniel for? So yeah, Belichick, this, it, it's all it's on it's all or nothing right now for your man's. It's all or nothing for your man's. You know, so this, I'm just gonna see how this shit turn out. But as as a football fan, just looking on the outside, looking in, I mean, this motherfucker Brady, goddamn it, he got Mike Williams, he got that other young boy, but I can't think of his name right off hand. This shit, his name. Uh, I just was thinking about the young boy, and it, and it slipped my name this that that fast. But he over there. Uh, you got the, the, they got a little young white boys in the slot. He nice, super nice. Got two big tight ends. And that boy OJ Howard is a Cadillac, and they got Ronald Jones. 
the boy from USC, that's a damn good, decent running back. And he can catch. And he can catch. And I believe they're going to probably take a running back with one of their picks in this year's draft. It's so many of them. This shit gonna fuck around and blow up in your man's face, man. If this shit don't get, if this, if, if this shit don't, uh, if this Stidham shit don't work, man. I watched Stidham at Auburn. He ain't no bad quarterback for everybody trying to shit on him. Dude ain't no bad quarterback. He gotta get comfortable. And what does his comfortable look like in in, uh, in the NFL? If he can get comfortable, he like he just as good as any other quarterback, and he got just as good enough chance as any other quarterback. I don't think there's that much difference in him and Sam Darnold and some of you other these other motherfuckers y'all so in love with. So I mean, don't sleep on dude. Dude got a chance. But if this shit don't work, man, in two years, man, Josh gonna be the coach for the motherfucking Patriots, and Belichick gonna have to slide to the side. Remember your man Sam said it. All right. Thank everybody again for letting me talk a little shit to you. You know, just ain't nothing but my opinion. That's why, you know, I titled the podcast and I'm tripping. You know, thank you for your support. Thank you for, you know, allowing me to, you know, kick it with you for a little bit. God bless you and all your family members, all your friends. God bless you guys out there, man. You know, and, um, one thing I've always, you know, is, is uh, number one saying in my family. Uh, and I, it's uh, something that I always, you know, say to other people, you know what I'm saying? Not try to, you know, come off holy roly or nothing, you know, because I cuss like a sailor, so you know I'm not that. But uh, one thing about me, I believe in walking by faith, not by sight. And I believe in having the faith, you know, uh, in this country and the people that it, that's in this country. I believe that we just, it just looked bad right now. And we're going to have faith that everything going to be all right. Things going to be all right. We're going to walk by faith, not by sight. So thank you again. God bless.